Welcome to the Readings Podcast, a celebration of books. I'm Nico Callaghan. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing poet Aziel Adan Sanchez. Their new collection, Motherland, is a literary debut that cradles the intimacies of longing and love for a country torn apart by distance, violence, and desire. In the tradition of Latin American literature, these poems explore the nooks of Mexican roots, family, queerness, sanctity, and memory. They weave restlessly between borders, bodies, and liminal spaces. Calling into question the traditional narratives of Latin symbolism and identity, Aziel Adan Sanchez writes back to a home that is constantly healing. And now, here's the recording from the event. I hope you enjoy. Good evening, everybody. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to Readings Carlton. My name is Nico. I'm one of the one of the staff here, one of the events team, um, and I'm very glad to be able to welcome all of you here tonight. Um, we've only been able to do events for a little while since properly reopening, um, and I'm really happy that you're all able to make it out, and especially happy that we'll be able to present some work by our wonderful guest tonight. Before I properly introduce the star of the show for tonight, um, I'd just like to point out and to acknowledge this is the Kulin country and the people who are the traditional custodians and the people of this land are the Wurundjeri people. And I feel a deep sense of obligation and duty to acknowledge that they are the rightful owners of the land. They have a connection to the stories, the waters, places. I hope that you'll join me in properly acknowledging this truth, especially considering the content of our guests' work. I think we can learn a lot from it. I'm very happy to have Aziel Edan Sanchez here with me tonight to present some work from Motherland. Is that the correct way you would interpret the title? Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, usually say Motherland and that's that's a good way of going about it, yes. And um, nice. the pronunciation of my name was perfect, so thank okay, you. <laughs> thank you. I guess tonight is a poetry reading, um, but I'd like to leave it open to however you'd like to go with it. So would you like to begin with a reading from your work? Yeah, let's 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 do that. Um the the way that I kind of conceptualize tonight would be kind of a a curated tour <laughs> through through Motherland uh for people that have read the work to kind of gain new insights and for people that are new to the work to kind of get a bit of a sense, get a bit of a tour and kind of see the space that's around uh before engaging any deeper. So that's a good way of doing it. Yeah, nice. I think that sounds sounds wonderful. So what would you like to read for us? Um, before I start, I might also acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands, the Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to elders past and present, and also uh, acknowledge the deep oral histories uh, that have been passed on since time immemorial, from which a lot of the Western canon uh, owes to. Um, and I think particularly poetry and particularly the way that poetry connects with the voice and the body um, owes a lot to those deep histories. Uh, I'll start with three pieces that I think really set the tone for a lot of Motherland and kind of set the themes for a lot of the work. Uh, and we can have a little a little kiki afterwards and see see what kind of comes out. So this is, first piece is called Autorretrato. Knowing ourselves whole, masculine and feminine, full as the white moon. 
Before I dreamed of you, I dreamed of white skin and a polished tongue, a name neatly pressed into English letters. I grew up believing dreams are like rivers, nourishing but always tempting thirst. Before leaving, my mother told me the names of immigrants are written in water, waves yearning to be the shore. Mijo, don't you know? White bodies belong to those that didn't make it. Her back was a bridge so wide I could walk along its whole length until I reached the other side. I saw the colors of my skin burst along the faults of my childhood, too masculine for womanhood, too unruly to inhabit this body peacefully. A violent riot of flowers blooming between my legs. These hands are not the color of dirt, as they said, but the color of the earth itself, rich brown, black, bronze, and red. The first time I dreamed of you, I felt the warmth of my birthplace and the bougainvillea tree grow at the root of my feet. Here, where the river gives into the sea and is a river no longer. He, him. When he was younger, his father used to take him to the soccer field to teach him how to be a man. Ten more laps. So much depended on ten more laps. His father, in his only pair of battered old shoes, drenched in mud and dirt, a skinny frame burning behind him, wrists with a bit too much flair. A man could run with hunger in his chest hold thirst in his mouth and spit it back out. A man, air flushing out of his lungs, shook from the strain of running not quite fast enough. A gasp for air, run, boy, run. Makeup lessons. Ay, mijo. A mother's love sublimates violence the way winter gives birth to spring. Don't you know, your body is not a war. Here, start with the foundation. Begin by erasing any trace of hurt the world might have left on you. Imagine a face with no borders, quiet as a field with no names in it. Carve your cheeks for machiote and mole rojo. Repaint the history of our country as though it never belonged to the rage of violent men. But mijo, a brush can be as violent as a knife, so treat it with care. You will soon learn that the pain of walking in heels is the pain of learning to stand tall. That a broken lip deserves to be dressed in red as though it's never kissed the pavement. Some days, this dress will feel so bone close and heavy, you will mistake its stitches for skin. Ay, mijo, when you walk down the street with the heaviness of names that do not belong to you, remember, you were made from women who have been painting flowers on the faces of skulls for years. Thank you. These um, three kind of main pieces um, really set out a lot of the tensions in, in Motherland. 
and what it means to exist in so many intersections of non-binary spaces. Um, queerness and gender being one of them, but also relationship to parents and family and chosen family, but also relationships between land and culture and homelands around and kind of teasing those, those things out. Um, for a lot of queer people of color, I think uh, there's almost double work in coming to terms with your identity. Part of it is uh, coming out and, and what it means to be queer and navigating the space, which is um, enough of its own, uh, but there's also the navigating of homeland and uh, culture and heritage. Um, and for me, it took a really long time to come to terms with my Mexican identity. In a way, moving to Australia, I found a lot of the language for queerness, but I didn't really find a lot of the language for what it meant to be queer and Mexican, queer and Latinx. Um, so a lot of writing Motherland has been, uh, in a way, writing back to Mexico and, and reaching out and... Um, both uh, an asking and a giving of forgiveness for not only the violence that was in that place, um, but also the violence that I have done to that place by leaving. Um, so it comes to terms with those um, kind of things around. The next uh, few bits that I want to read around were mostly from, from coming back to Mexico for the first time after about 10 years. We spent 10 years here in Australia uh, before moving back and kind of seeing Mexico for the first time. Uh, and seeing Mexico through a kind of a new lens and seeing Mexico through a new identity in a way just gave me such a different insight and uh, knowledge of what it meant to, to migrate. Uh, so these are three other little pieces uh, that are based around Mexico. Guadalupapi. Actually, before I go on, this, <laughs> the title for this piece um, is a bit of a pun between La Virgen de Guadalupe, which is like the Mexican version of Virgin Mary, and the word papi, which is daddy. <laughs> um, so I wanted to kind of bring together those elements of queerness and Catholicism that Mexico does so well um, into kind of one, one experience. So that's, that's the context for this particular title. 1 a.m., Roma, Mexico City. I spend my last night burying his body into my chest. By now, my ribcage must be an altar. An ofrenda to the young man who offered me salvation for 500 pesos. Patron saint of all the young men who have dissolved like incense into the streets. He likes to tell me a quickened heartbeat knows no difference between fear and desire. That's the only way to live here. Con el Jesús en la boca. In that sumptuous edge between being and longing to be elsewhere. His room reminds me of the last 10 years, of the absence and silence that has grown in its place. A candle to La Guadalupana gives its last light, covering our bodies with marigolds, as if they were already gone. 2 a.m. I'm obsessed with the sheer physicality of him. The topography of his skin, fields of bone and rivers of muscle. How it reminds me of our country. 
His eyes, two full silences, like the faces in the placards lining the Zócalo. We consume each other urgently, voices stretched into silent mouthfuls. I pull his body so close that I can feel the same hot blood beating away from our chest, scattering everywhere. Sweat licking the nape of my neck and his prayers at the back of my throat. Bodies heaving in rebellion, refusing to disappear. 3 a.m. and we finish with our eyes closed, mouths open to the sky we pray to but never see. Bodies limp and fragmented, dripping with warmth. He tells me he always wanted to feed something more than hunger. I tell him, you're enough to be remembered. Thank you. Now, it's um, funny being back in Mexico and kind of reconnecting with the queer scene there because in my head, the whole, the whole time, the, the, the thing that I kept thinking about was the staggering rate at which young men kept disappearing and being disappeared from, from the streets. Um, so this one-off encounter um, just had this such kind of poetic heaviness to it because I kept thinking, when, when is this boy going to be safe or is he going to be here the next time I come back? Um, and that, that's something that kept kind of playing in my head. Uh, the next two pieces um, kind of work through some of the themes around moving between boundaries and particularly the journey that is migrating to a completely different country um, something which I don't think I fully appreciated until much, much later in life and the courage that it took for my parents to take that first step and kind of leave everything for hopes of a, of a better life um, and that true leap of faith that it takes to, to move, move and migrate to, to another country. This is called Arrival. Self-portrait with filtered coffee and cigarettes, con malos hábitos, with my morning meds, con dulces agrios, as unsent letters, en mole rojo, with a bundle of memories, con los consejos de mi madre, with a mouthful of kisses, en papel picado, with my very empty arms, with the right kind of papers, con hogar y sin casa, as hope and opportunity, with blurry edges, with self-care, as the boulder and as the mountain, self-portrait, with all of you still missing. On the anatomy of grief. Self-care days, I keep busy, I go to the NGV, killing time. The last exhibit is a room full of you. Planes, maps, airports, a series by a Mexican photographer. A book of dissected bodies trying to hold things together. Art dedicated to your absence. One moment you were there and there you weren't. As simple as that. A cut so clean the incision cauterizes the wound, leaving it bloodless. Time contracting plainly, six months, quietly set down in dull tissue, pulling the vocal cords taut, stiffens muscle and coagulates blood. My ribs ache from carrying all of you in them. 
the weight of your memory heavy on my chest. What am I supposed to do with all its suffocating bigness? The way it takes up oxygen in my lungs, you, 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 and you beating from the walls of this place. Migrant. Let me just find the page. Here. Always moving, always looking, always digging under your own skin, knowing there could always be something better than what you were brought up with, always reaching for a home in the horizon, longing in your bones because you know you could just rest once you arrive here, always moving, always looking, always digging under your own skin, knowing there could always be something better than what you were brought up with, always reaching for a home in the horizon, and longing in your bones because you know you could just rest once you arrive here, always moving, always looking, always digging under your own skin, knowing there could always be something better than what you were brought up with, longing in your bones because you know you could just rest once you arrive here. Thank you. There are several works in the book that deal with uh, events that I'm sure, as it's very powerful within the text, you know, have weighed very heavily on you and have had a, a powerful impact on you, but they are the stories of, of other people as well. Would you like to read one of those? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, that's, that's, uh, you read my mind. That's exactly what was going to happen next. So um, I think to kind of provide context to, to some of these pieces, um, Something that I, I sometimes worry about is that people look at Mexico and other kind of so-called developing kind of countries and only see the violence there. Uh, and I think as you grow up in these places, you are made to come to terms with that violence. We're very comfortable talking about death. You know, the last time that I went to Mexico, we were having dinner with my uncles and my grandparents, and out of the blue, someone mentioned that so-and-so had just been murdered down the street, and, you know, it was this person's son, and blah, 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 blah. And it was such a casual topic of conversation, and we're very comfortable with those conversations. Um, whereas places like Australia and other kind of colonial countries do a lot to hide the violence that is enacted and that has been part of their history and have trouble even acknowledging the fact that they have a colonial history, let alone of the genocides that have happened and continue to happen in, in their name. Um, and I always found it such a strange dynamic how um, white Australia in particular just holds on to this idea and clenches so tightly to, to this idea of kind of progress and, and cleanness and, you know, uh, the failing to acknowledge of essentially the acts of violence that were perpetuated, whereas a lot of our countries are made to, or are comfortable or have been made to acknowledge kind of that violence in a daily, daily way. Um, for these pieces, uh, I'll need a little uh, audio. So get into it. She's a multidisciplinary queen. Let me just turn this on. Let's see if this... Now, the only thing for this to work is for my phone and my speaker to get along. So hopefully, hopefully that can happen. We'll find out. Um, this first piece is called Nos, Nos Falten. 
On September 26, 2014, 43 students disappeared from my mother's hometown of Iguala, Guerrero. The group left in two stolen Estrella de Oro buses from the normalist rural school Isidro Burjos in Ayotzinapa towards the township of Iguala. Fifteen years earlier, my mother and I, standing at the same bus stop with two economy tickets in our hands, witness accounts state, students in normal ruralist schools are taught to toil the soil and harvest maize, among other Marxist-Leninist practices. Ay, policía, qué lástima me das. Teniendo tú las armas, no puedes protestar. In government reports, the evidence is laid out neatly. 195 shells at the crime scene, 77762 by 39 caliber from AK 37s, 86223 caliber from HK G36 Berettas and Bushmasters, 8762 by 51 caliber from C3s, 79 millimeter, 3380 caliber, 122 caliber, six bodies, three students. Mijo. He looks like you. Witness accounts state, two were killed by gunshots. One was found the following day. His face had been partly flayed. Let me be clear, what we share today are only the updates of the investigation on their way. They are not, nor do they claim to be, final conclusions. Still, my aunt refuses to open the door for anybody. In press conferences, the government produced over 100 witness statements and fragments of evidence. They were, they said there were 44, I heard, but I didn't count them one by one, no. They, they came in a big truck. Could you repeat that again? With diesel and gasoline, we, we, we bathed the bodies with diesel and gasoline. Witness accounts state, the students were unarmed. They were last seen being escorted into police cars and army vehicles. As stated by Attorney General Jesus Murillo Caram, the investigation allows us to conclude without a doubt that the students were deprived of their liberty, killed, incinerated, and thrown into the Rio de San Juan. When I ask my mother, she tells me she doesn't remember where San Juan is. It was the Narcos, mijo. Come eat. When you were little, there was a place near the highway we used to go every Sunday. Rabbit and chicken and stew, the best pozole you could get. To this day, the remains have not been found. In summer, we used to swim at the Laguna de Tuxpan, the cool waters and the knowing hills. She's gone. We don't know where she is, but 
She's gone. Why doesn't he visit? Maybe a video is in the US now. Maybe he has another family now. If I Carrillo is dead, where is he? So I could see him, sing to him, bring him flowers. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about. What if he's still alive? I can't give up hope. How could I abandon my son? I carry a gun with me everywhere I go. The faces in the bus, the ones in the news, they all look like my son. Everything I do every day is for you become his ears, his voice, his eyes, his possibilities. All the things you wish could have been. The process itself is quite simple. A steel rod, a hammer. You have to go in deep, two or three meters. You know when you found one. The ground shifts weight under you, gives way easily. It's not how it used to be, digging up bodies to let them rest. For many families, it becomes a sort of therapy, a routine, something to do. Hitting the hammer over and over, sinking all your might into the dirt. Something to do, something to help dissipate the desperation in your veins, boiling the marrow. Daniel Ramos Alfaro, Erika Molina, Estefany Alegría González, Mariana Mercado Guillén, Mario Guadalupe Aguilar Rivera, Cecilio Veneroso Cosar, María de Jesús Fernández Castro, Cristian Tomás Colón García, José Martín Prado, Elezar Asunción, Karina Yasmín Pérez García, Susel Loza Zavala, Carla Susana Ayala Tolcha, José Naun Ramos Ferrera, Rafael Espinosa Gutiérrez, Gede Díaz Fernando Milán, Roberto Seferino Hinojosa Perales, Herminia Ríos Baena, Gregorio Ramos Luna, Fausto Luis Rosa Sayago, Yuritzi Samari Cisneros Castellano, Julián Hermosa Conejo, María de Jesús Fernández Castro, Cecilio Veneroso Cosar, Karina Yasmin Pérez García, Daniel Ramos Alfano, Stephanie Alegría González, Mariana Mercado Guillén, César Osorio Vázquez, José Naun Ramos Ferra, 
Jonas Trujillo González, Gregorio Ramos Luna, Rafael Espinosa Gutiérrez, Carla Susana Alaya Tolcha, Mario Guadalupe Aguilar Rivera. Motherland. We all begin with the blue sky and the bougainvillea tree. City of eternal spring. It rains ash every Wednesday. Dirt shoes and an empty mouth. Grandma says a piece of your umbilical cord was buried here. So you always have a home to come to. That is to say, part of you will always be elsewhere. Marigolds at the altar. We grew up praying to things that burned to the ground while still believing in them. Say it was for opportunity to be seen with respect like the rest of them, to walk outside with an open breath and the full knowledge of return. There are things I do not want to remember the bright ash and the dirt road spilling everywhere, the hands that fed you only to teach you hunger. Cane fields growing tall, making it easier to hide in. Amma keeps your milk teeth in a drawer by her bedside in case one day they're all she has to remember you by. Invisible country, nothing is broken past forgiveness. I'll build ofrendas for all the desaparecidos. Their names, a wound in my throat. I hear in spring, the bougainvillea tree grows still. Tierra paranoica, ansiosa, trémula y enferma, quizás cansada, harta y desesperada. Tierra que grita, tierra que aguanta. Thank you. Thank you so much, Asiel. That's um, it's a really beautiful way. It is the last poem in the book, correct? It's a really nice way to see off what is a, a really fantastic, wonderful collection. A lot of the, um, I suppose, audio stuff and uh, ways of reading were a way to translate a lot of the um, kind of more experimental aspects on the page. I wanted to really give voice to what in a way was a um, very experimental way of kind of putting these stories together um, and, and think about how they resonate in a room and think about how to embody that experimental poetry, I suppose, um, in a physicality. So hopefully you'll be able to kind of recognize what I was trying to do with a lot of these poems and what, a lot of, what I was trying to do with a lot of these readings. But um, thank you so much for coming. And of course, I'll be around um, Please get your copy. We've, we're um, published through an independent uh, Mexican house, uh, which is really, really exciting to see in the Australian poetry scene um, at the Victorian Premier's Lit Awards, um, which we're very lucky to be highly commended for. Um, I feel like there were like three different publishing houses <laughs> across each one. So I think uh, besides putting this work out there, uh, so much of the pride that comes in this collection is from putting the work of Mexican publishers, editors, and just Mexican excellence at the very forefront. So thank you.
You can stream previous episodes of The Readings Podcast at our website, where you'll also find all kinds of great recommendations for other books, music, film, and TV. You can also sign up to e-news or to receive our free monthly newsletter, The Readings Monthly. The Readings Podcast is produced by me, Nico Callaghan. The show's music is by Tom Hoskins. Thank you for listening.